Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to a wild, weird Wednesday about Walker. We're just uh, kind of amazed. Although I got to say, I called this. I said, if there's one of these candidates in these important Republican Senate races who's going to get the October surprise, it's going to be Herschel Walker. Or in this case, I mean, it's 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 going to become the Todd Aiken. Um, you know, if you don't remember, 10 years ago, Todd Aiken, running for Senate in Missouri, said something about rape and how, you know, you can't, you, you can't get pregnant in a rape or something. And, of course, the, the networks did 100 minutes ripping Todd Aiken to pieces so that Claire McCaskill could win that race in 2012. Well, here now, we're at, uh, according to Scott Whitlock's latest count, on ABC, CBS, and NBC, we're up to 20 minutes on the Herschel Walker allegedly paid for my abortion story. This is the kind of story where they would say, aha, hypocrisy. You know, and it's not hypocrisy for a guy calling himself a Christian pastor to be for abortion at all times, like Raphael Warnock, as usual. They always find hypocrisy the pro-lifers. They can never find it on the abortion side. So uh, I thought with uh, things have been really hot this week, on The View, including today on the Herschel Walker front. So naturally, it's time for Nick Night Train Fondacaro, the pride of the State University of New York at Binghamton. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for having me. So, so, yeah, so let's just start with today and we'll go backwards. Yeah, so with the Herschel Walker stuff on The View, they, had, uh, they, they were really upset with uh, Dana Lash. Because oh. she, she put up uh, uh, on, on her show, she defended Walker, basically saying it's like, hey, I, I want we, we need to take control of the Senate. And the the Daily Beast story, like they claim they have li the literal receipt of it, though the only stuff that they've been putting forward is a picture of a get well soon card that doesn't mention really much of anything. And it is just get well soon. Mm. And she used some maybe. Blunt in artful language. To in artful, oh, well, yeah. to, to describe. Maybe uh, there was some art in that. I mean, maybe she <laughs> was trying to get yeah. some attention. Um, you know, when you start using terms like skank, you maybe, yeah. maybe you're trying to get some attention. But the point she was making was that, uh, with, which a lot of people are making, maybe less with less art or inartfulness, mm -hmm. which is people aren't going to decide which party to vote for. Based on this story, when you've got massive inflation and you know immigration problems, they're not going to say, "Oh." Well, and one of the things that I'm, I'm I'm sort of seeing that they're not sort of touching on with that is like this is apparently like something that happened in like 2009, if I if I'm remembering right. the report. Correct. So people's hearts change. You could like I know stories of women who have had abortions and then they've been racked with the with the guilt over it and have become pro life. Well, so, you yeah. know, Nick, the only conversion that these people find exciting is when you convert to their side. That's the only evolution you're that, allowed to yeah, have. You, yes, and they call it, oh, you've evolved. And and then it's a wonderful evolution. Um, they, have, uh, they have suddenly found the bright side and the right side. And if you convert the other way, you know, that's a terrible thing. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump had a record of being pro-choice, for many, many years. Then when he ran for president, he changed and said he was going to be pro-life. And people who are pro-life voted for him saying, well, 
this is the choice I have. I mean, we're at this point now in Georgia, if you're a Georgia voter, even if you didn't want the Georgia football star to be your candidate, he is the candidate. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not outrageous that you would say, I'm going to vote for this guy as opposed to the so-called pro-choice pastor. However, mm-hmm. then came The View and yes. Dana Lash. Yes. And then you had Whoopi who was who has been very open about the fact that she's had an abortion. She basically was like, I'm biting my tongue right now, so I, I don't say names at you right now. Oh, come on. I mean, that talk about a lame thing. Like, I'm holding... Mm-hmm. No, you're not holding your tongue. Oh, and let's remember this one, Nick. Whoopi Goldberg wanted her daughter to have an abortion, mm-hmm. and the daughter didn't, you know, didn't do that. It's this like, is, this tell is, Grammy what Grammy wanted you to be. Yeah, like, this is the same person who who screams on the show about, I am not anti-life. Which is exactly what we're gonna we're gonna have to call her because like when you're this adamant for yeah. killing killing babies, like well, you're, I you're... mean, yes, I mean it's it is uh, as we're going to say a lot during this campaign and forever uh, the the idea that you can be for abortion at any time for any reason makes you an extremist. All yeah. right, if you're against killing babies in all occasions and they, you say that's an extremist, well then we we kindly hand it back to you. Mm-hmm. And then you had Sonny Hostin, who's supposed to be the fact checker on the show, oh, no. claiming that Dana was the spokesperson for the AR-15 and the spokesperson for taking life with it. Um. Well, I'm sure she's pro AR-15. She is a. Yes, she's posed with holding them. Yeah. So, but to say that she is this, the pro the, the spokesperson, like she'd be a good spokesperson for it, but to then say she's like the spokesperson for taking life is yeah. ridiculous. Well, I mean. I, Look, there's something about, you know, guns obviously have the potential to take life. And often guns are used to defend yourself mm-hmm. by saying, come at me, bro. Yep. I have an AR-15. Um, and that's, you know, th- obviously if you're anti-gun, and I think people like this, they're not, you know, they're not uh, Second Amendment people. They, they really think that people shouldn't be allowed to have guns, which to me sounds like an extremist. Yep. But yeah, this is the standard cartoon. She's in favor of gunning people down with an AR-15. Exactly. Just because you're for it, you're for the bad things that happen with it. Which is sort of like a weird thing with abortion, right? Hmm. You're, you're saying like like the, there are the emotional ang- angles for like those bad situations that are the vast small percentage of them. But suddenly they're, they're, they represent all of the numbers. Well, and, and as we know, the... The liberals hate it whenever you talk about late-term abortions because, well, that's the exception. And as we know, every time there's a late-term abortion, people feel bad about it. Oh, well, prove that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, they're never going to say there's an example of somebody recklessly getting a late-term abortion. Or, of course, people dying in abortion clinics, like under Gosnell. Mm-hmm. Let's not mem- remember that again. It's exactly. like, yeah, we're going to say Whoopi is a spokesperson for Gosnell. That's Ooh. about the level she's at today. Oh, exa- exactly. And if we want to move on to the the so-called conservative Republican voices oh, on the no. show, you had uh, Alyssa Farrah Griffin going after Dana, basically equating her to the quote. You know what? I'll, I'll we'll let Alyssa say it in her own words. It just exposes the the moral rot that's taking over my party. Like I listening to that, I can't can't defend that for a second. There, I, in, as a pro-life woman, to hear someone else like Dana, who is a pro-life, call women who get into situations where they need abortion skanks is just shameful, and I will not defend that. 
Dana's the moral rod of the, of the Republican Party. I can't stand that. I can't and stand shameful. that. I mean, this is the funny thing was one of the things you noted when she was joining the show. She said, we are going to elevate the discourse. How does I, I, I tweeted her literally every day when yeah. they say something ridiculous. I quote Twitter. I go, oh, how, how does this elevate the discourse? She has yet to answer me. She followed me, then unfollowed me. Well, and, and you know, this is the, the problem is that this show has always had a problem of they really can't handle there being an actual conservative slash Republican voice on there is that you have to have, you know, Alyssa is required to agree with the with the Borg. She can't yeah. really dissent. And I what the part I really can't stand is where she said my party has moral rod. It's like, just stop. You know, you we all know you're not a Republican anymore. You've sort of joined Whoopi Goldberg's desired thirst third party. I mean, it is it, she is in no way a Republican. Mm-hmm. And if she's voting Republican somewhere, it does it just doesn't count because when it when she comes to the office, she sounds a lot like a liberal Democrat. Exactly. And then we had uh, Anna Navarro, who was so, so clutch pearl clutching. I hate when women attack other women. This on the show that uses air quotes to describe Justice Amy Coney Barrett, because yeah. she's a, she's a sex she's a woman trader, and who literally yesterday they were hemming and hawing that um, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders might be Trump's running mate in 2024. Well, we know what these people had to say about Sarah Palin. Uh, you know the idea that you know Anna Navarro. Anna Bananas, Bizarro Navarro, was going to try to say, I hate it when women tech and other women. I mean, I went over to Bill D'Agostino today and said, do you think we can make a nice little video summing up all the times Anna Navarro has trashed women? Because we know, just, uh, you're on the view. It, yeah. You're on the view. That's what you do. You trash other women whenever they, yeah, like, I mean, you suggest yeah. the term woman traders. It's like anybody who doesn't match you know, Joy Behar's ideal, like Hillary Clinton, you know, if you're not full Hillary Clinton, then you're you're a woman traitor. Like Sonny to Anna's face has like decried Latino Republicans as like voting against their own self-interest and she doesn't get them. It's like you're you're attacking Anna like for her like it's about her race, not for her being a woman, but you're attacking her literally to her face on the show. Right. I mean they definitely do, you know, they do fight with each other. But, mm. if, you know, we would say there's just not half enough of that anymore. Exactly. Uh, you know, this is where Alyssa really does make you miss Megan McCain. Um, Alyssa is really trying hard to be Nicole Wallace. And Nicole mm. Wallace was an utter failure on that show. Now, I, you watch the show on a daily basis because we pay you, <laughs> you know, but I don't. It must have an audience. They get well, they're well paid to be on it, but it's like this is like Colbert or these other shows. They're obviously, this is a show made for a liberal audience. Exactly. And then because they, they really don't want to present the other side because they're forced to. Yesterday they, had, they were forced to read a legal note. Today they were forced to read another <laughs> legal note with Walker's denials of everything because they're just taking it as this happened. Yeah. Well, and journalists, and let's not, I mean, this is an ABC News show, which we is comical, but journalists would say, and there's been a little bit of this, oh, the Daily Beast says Walker paid for an abortion. Walker denies it. I mean, Walker not only denies it, he denies knowing the woman. Uh, so it, it, this is one of those things that it's fascinating in the general because all of these networks couldn't cover 
something that's obviously true, which is Joe Biden asking where the dead congresswoman was. Exactly. They all skipped that. But they're oh. all going to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. And they defended him on the Jackie thing, too. Like, the, the ladies of The View will would know this. They, they, they're experts at this. They, uh, you had uh, Sarah Haynes calling what happened with Biden with the Jackie moment a brain fart. Yeah. So the, the, the View would know what a brain fart is because that, that show is just fully automatic flatulence. <laughs> uh, well, then I guess it's a good thing they make the audience wear masks. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So when they do the, the audience cuts for those who don't watch at home here, like they'll pan to the audience and they're all wearing masks, even though Joy has touted the fact that she has had a total of five COVID shots. Well, to me, if that's your standard where you make everyone in the audience wear one, why don't you make the hosts wear one? Or do the hosts all take a COVID test every day? Exactly. It's like they're, we're, we're above you. I just, uh, you know, personally... As an American citizen, I don't want to wear a mask in, until somebody makes me. So, yes, you, you go into mm. certain doctor's offices and it's mandatory. All right. I'll go when it's mandatory. But in general, it's like, yeah, I've had four boosters and I had COVID this year. And it's just like. And I in the doctor's office, it's so, it makes a bit more sense to wear it there. not Because not even just for the COVID stuff. It's just like, oh, this is a centralized place where sick people go. Right. And certainly in, in hospitals, you know, when you go into the hospital, it's something that you expect. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the view set, I mean, it may have some infections brewing, but they seem oh. mental. Oh, ex exactly, exactly. And. Uh, you had Whoopi just sort of like raging at the media when they were pressing Kareen in in the press briefing mm. that day where they're like, why was he asking for the dead lady? Yeah. And she's just like, oh, come, come on. You're, you're going like she literally accused the press of going after him for that because they couldn't say he didn't give aid to Florida. And you had Joy Behar claiming the, the, the reporters going after Kareen were right from right-wing media outlets. Yeah. But the clips they showed included two from an ABC correspondent. Right. Like Cecilia Vega? Yeah, it was Cecilia Vega. And and this is where they're really sloppy. Um, you know, we know the way this operates. It was, it was nice that journalists were actually asking this and asking it 10 times. Yep. And got, it was top of mind 10 times. Um, but as we know, didn't appear then on ABC News. It did not, it and did. It, like this, this whole this whole little uh, little scenario here just didn't. It was not top of mind in the newscast. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Maybe Whoopi and Joy lobbied ABC not to cover it, uh, but the, the, uh, and 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 you had Sunny basically accusing. We'll play the vid here in a second, but she was basically accusing the entire. The only reason the country cared about it is because the entire country hates old people. I think what it really shows is that this country is so ageist. This country has a problem with age. You know, you go to other countries and our elders are revered. Hmm. They're revered because of the knowledge that they have uh, acquired. And this is a man who has worked in government his entire life. This is a man who probably had a relationship with this woman. It could happen to anyone. Right. And I think they need to stop weaponizing his age. I hate right. that about this country. Yeah. I, I, I do. I think that's okay. Oh come on! <laughs> you know, let's let's, oh, let's and Alyssa going good point. Yeah, at, at, to to that. Oh yeah, well that's what she does now. Yeah, uh, Alyssa also said all of his little mental slips. They're they're not concerning. They're quote endearing. Well, 
That, my friend, is 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 the way they have always treated Biden gaffes. Oh, Uncle Joe, isn't he precious? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, pandering, you know. It, it, it's like it's okay. Joe's going to say some stupid stuff, and it's okay, you is, know. Isn't it? Is, isn't it precious as they clean up the tapioca pudding off his cheek? <laughs> well, I mean, that is the sound. Yeah. Of you know when you say where where's Jack, you know, and and so I have not been the leading person to say he's lost his marbles, but we all know they did this under Trump. Literally in the first year of Trump, you had Brian Seltzer going. Is, is he mentally stable? Which, a funny, the, the, to sort of bring that back around, because he had those two shrinks on his show to, like, declare Trump, like, mentally ill. One of those professors got fired, worked worked at Yale, and has been fired for what she was saying. Yeah, that's new, right? Yeah, that, that basically happened. Bandy uh, Lee. Yeah, it happened. Out of a job. Exactly. happened uh, last week, and... Yeah, and I tweeted at Celta. I'm like, hey, this was one of your quote-unquote reliable sources. Like, what do you say that she got fired over this? And he, no response. Well, Donald Trump filed a lawsuit against CNN, mm-hmm. which will promptly go nowhere because he is, under the libel laws, a public figure. So you can lie about him all you want. Exactly. Uh, but in there, they said, oh. And then on reliable sources, Dr. Alan Francis came on and said, He'll kill more people than Hitler, Stalin, and Mao combined. Now, Eric Wemple at the Washington Post tried to take on the lawsuit, and he said there were no defamatory claims in there. And it's like, all right, if you think being compared to Hitler, Stalin, and Mao actually worse than all three as a murderer isn't defamatory, then you're not paying any attention. Uh, but he was all like, well, Stelter apologized for it at the time. No, he did not. <laughs> well, he's kind of, but he had, he, he, gave he had me, the lame line like, I uh, didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I was, you know, like my, I, was I was having audio tapioca. issues. <laughs> I was having, I was having audio issues. My producers were having audio issues and nobody was able to tell me he said this. And the other point obviously is even if that's the case, they went you went to break. You could come right out of the commercial and say, by the way. And they promoted the video tweet of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the sort of thing that, uh, well, we're kind of used to with CNN. Speaking of CNN, Chris Cuomo is- fired by CNN belatedly after being in completely unprofessional with his brother, which was supported by the network until it wasn't, uh, debuted at News Nation. I mentioned in the last podcast, you were rubbing your hands together. Here yes. comes Chris Cuomo. Uh, so uh, what what would you like to discuss first about Brother Chris? Well, we can basically just go uh, through since Monday was his first show. He kickstarted it by, you know, just just setting expectations with a Dan Rather interview. <laughs> news Nation, we are here to bring you fair and balanced news. And now Chris Cuomo. Puff Stan Rather. Yeah. That sounds like CNN. It doesn't sound like a, an objective network. Yeah, it, it was his third uh his third interview of the of the night, but it's still on his first show and it ended it ended the show with it. So his other two was like a gen, uh, uh, a national security uh professional about talking about Ukraine and then he had Bill Maher, which okay. that was that was a very nice conversation talking about like the ridiculousness of the left and yeah. and how the, the Bill Maher getting his new sort of Bonafides amongst some conservatives, like sort of going. So that one felt more like fair and balanced news nation. A, a little bit, but then, but again, you still have Dan Rather. But the Dan Rather stuff, you had, you had, you literally had Chris claiming that Rather quote never said any anything opinionated on his show. Wah, like wah, when he was at CBS. Wah, wah. That is 
patently false. Yes, that is pants on fire. This is one of those things where I want to, uh, for you old Muppet Show fans, you want to get, yes, the pigs in space where he wanted to sound, Link Hogthrob wanted to sound heroic and they would give him, because <laughs> it's like, dude, you need a laugh track. Some of these shows, The View needs a laugh track. This needs a laugh track. Um, you know, if you're trying to say, we are News Nation, let's bring on Dan Rather. Oh, now it's fake News Nation. Exactly. So, and you had, he basically was like trying to explain to people at the beginning of the show. He's like, like, this show's going to be different because I'm different now. I've oh, changed. Sure. I've been listening, I've been watching and listening from the sidelines. So I, I had that outsider's perspective, that seven, eight month outsider perspective. Um, yeah, it's sort of like Brian Stelter gave a speech the other day at George Washington University. And he, yeah, he was sort of touting, like, I've been off TV, I have new thoughts. And then he, proceeded to say everything that sounded like the average reliable sources beginning of show rant. Yeah. Oh, so we'll, we'll play a real cl uh, clip of Cuomo real fast, just talking about his plan for what the show is going to be going forward. So this show is going to be different than what I've done in the past because I'm different. And I've spent a lot of time looking and listening on the sidelines. It's obvious to me that we need people in my position to do more to not just play or even referee the game that is plaguing our politics and society. That means exposing the game. Show when it's played. Show how it's being played. And also to be more transparent about where my head is on the issues that we cover. He's going to be more transparent, Nick? What does that mean? Uh, I guess through the TV screen? He's going to shine a light on his own skull. Um, exactly. Yeah, like to, to, like saying that they need to be more than referees. That's sort of like we we had Chuck Todd a few years back. Yeah, saying like the the, the press were the referees calling calling the fouls, calling balls and strikes, and you're, I've you're never saying, liked I've never liked the referee metaphor because yeah. you know again this is basically what News Nation would be suggesting. Oh, we're not going to be players in the political world, we're going to be referees, which would require some detachment, which would require you to some degree to... What a referee does is it has a set of rules. Like when you play basketball or you play football, there's a set of rules. You can't hold. You can't block people in the back. Uh, you know, the media doesn't play by rules like that at all. You know, you could look at Herschel Walker and say, well, we have a different set of rules for Herschel Walker than we do for Warnock. We have a different set of rules for Clarence Thomas than we do for Anita Hill. You know, there's just, it's always different. Uh, I mean, certainly, whether it's Thomas, whether it's Kavanaugh, I mean, they have a very, very tough standard on conservative Supreme Court nominees, and the liberals get an absolute pass. It's like, Sonia Sotomayor loves the Yankees. You know, that's the kind of coverage we get. So, you know, Chris Cuomo has got to know that he is uh, that he's not a referee. And Chuck Todd knows he's not a referee. They should have never made that commercial. Uh, but you said to me when you were teasing me with Dan Rather, so guess who he's having on his first show? And I'm like, um, Michael Mukasey, because he loves talking about him. He gets to play law school. No. Uh, Father Edward Beck? Nope. Still at CNN. Because, you know, he, he does have his hobby horse guests. I think those guys are going to show up. And then... To uh, merge your topics, he's got Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, uh, he had Whoopi Goldberg on uh, his podcast, The Chris Cuomo Project. It's a project because he wants it to be collab, collab with his viewers. And he, they, they were they were having like a bit of a discussion about her her movie, Till. 
Yes. Um, about about the murder of Emmett Till. But towards the end of it, when they were talking more about the politics side of things, they they wanted to because Chris's new thing is that we need to have more parties and we need ranked choice of voting mm. and all this other stuff. That's that. Those are his new. Uh, his hobby things that he's going to be talking about on oh, well that matches with Whoopi right is that where Whoopi uncorked this third party business it's a little bit yeah and uh, she on on the show she uncorked the third party she wants to call it the shrimp party what be- because she likes the idea of a bunch of little shrimp partying to music down at the bottom of the ocean that makes no sense whatsoever he he, he even Chris was just like that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. He's like, that sounds like when I get my THC doses wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's Frank. Yeah. Obviously, as we know, and I think as you blogged it at Newsbusters, when you want to start a third party, you're basically suggesting we want some sort of Evan McMullen third option for Republicans who hate Trump, uh, Republicans who mm-hmm. qu- can't quite vote for Democrats. And what you get then is, You've split the Republican vote, allowing the Democrats to win. How is is that convenient? Exactly. But it's more voices, even even though. Well, there's something to be said. I mean, I don't hate third parties, but I just think as a voter myself, in most cases, I'm going to want to vote for. I either want to make this person win or want to make this person lose. I I have a choice to make. And there's really, in most cases, Two plausible choices about one's going to win or the other's going to win. It's, 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 it really shows a little bit of an ignorance to history because we used to have a whole bunch of parties, but over the course of over 200 years, mm-hmm. it boiled down to two where you had the two sort of pulling the ideas from the others and be like, we'll represent you here in this party. So it, 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 over time, it boiled. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that when we're condensed, do you have any I'm going to go here for a minute here, Nick. Uh, I know you still have something more here on the Cuomo front. Do do you have any races in the midterms you're you're especially interested in? Um, races in the midterms. I'm I I'm, puzzled you. Yes, a little bit. Um, as somebody from Pennsylvania, I'm cautiously watching the, uh, the 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 senate race there because it's just sort of like oh. yeah, see here we're doing the whole uh, binghamton thing where you went yeah. to college but you grew up in pennsylvania i grew up in pennsylvania yeah so that yeah that's the home state see for me i do follow wisconsin i do and ron I, johnson i i do i do like the idea of lee zeldin uh beating hokel in new york if the may oh, cross fingers yeah i think there's a potential here for some real surprises i mean yeah uh, i was telling the youngsters earlier today i came to washington in 1986 a few weeks before the midterms and there were so many races where the republicans lost by like two thousand votes like all of them went the wrong way one Mm. or two points all of them went the wrong way and that certainly could happen kind of either way this year it's possible that the democrats will win all of these major races by one or the republicans will win all these major races by one who knows Mm-hmm. So what else do we have on the Cuomo zone? Yeah, so so if we were going to stick with like sort of the sports analogies of referees and stuff like that, Cuomo will dip into baseball a little bit, and he's he's got a ball and he's got a strike. So he striked out, he, or he didn't strike out. He got a strike on Monday with his Dan Rather interview and pr- sort of promising to put him and to interject his own thoughts and let people know he's being biased. But yet last night he uh, he he got a ball. Uh, or possibly even a base hit, one, ah. one could say, uh, where he was warning against the dumbing down of America by colleges lowering their standards for for testing. 
So basically, the, just a, a real quick summation of what was going on. The New York Times put out a story. Apparently, there was an NYU professor, an organic chemistry professor, a class that you need to pass to be any sort of like pre-med, any really sort of science field. You like you got to you got to pass this. And like 25 percent of his students for like a 350 person like intro level class, 25 percent of them signed a petition that they thought his class was too hard and the university fired him over it. Oh, no. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And and Chris was basically pointing out that the, the, the whole point of this is sort of like the dumbing down of standards and like the world isn't doing this. We need to uh, keep our standards high if we want to compete in the world. Well, uh, which the first, is the first question you'd ask yourself as a consumer of of medicine, for example, mm -hmm. do I want a doctor that got their professor fired because their chemistry class was too hard? Does that sound like somebody I should trust? I mean, and and so obviously it seems to me, Nick, when I hear that scenario, I go, well, couldn't you just have a discussion about whether the class is too hard? And apparently, instead of firing him, that was actually one of the criticisms that that. Uh, Chris had about the New York Times where they basically just took the student's position and didn't really care that there was no due process for the professor. And like literally their headline is at NYU students were failing organic chemistry. Who is to blame? <laughs> yes. The New York Times once again is treating this professor like somehow he's Tom Cotton where the, where the youngsters got together and wanted Tom Cotton blackballed. You know, the, the wokesters get to rule the asylum. That's sort of the... Uh... That's that, that's actually a point that he made at the end of his 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 little rant about it, where he goes, if, if you let these kids change the standards of what their grading is, what are you really teaching them? Which is an obvious point. You could also say, you know, we're headed for a place in higher education where the youngsters are allowed to say, I identify as an A student. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I identify as a doctor right now. Yeah. I don't have I'm to I'm actually finish medical school. Ugh. I mean, so yes. It, yeah. It's really something when you when it's considered somehow an unacceptable, conservative, hyper-right-wing standard to say people should have to pass tough classes if they want to become doctors. Yeah. You know, or chemists, you know, pharmacists. Do you want your pharmacist to mess up your prescription? Mm -hmm. Oops. Yeah. You know, medical errors is an interesting news story. People die from medical errors. And, uh, you know, apparently students are organizing to say, well, we want to lower all of our academic standards. So, OK, we'll give oh, we'll oh, give Chris. Oh, 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 I actually forgot one more thing. Yes, I, I have one more thing. So at the end of his show that night, instead of a Dan Rather interview, he had uh, he was trying out this new segment where he has he, he gave it uh, where he gives out a phone number before the break and he comes back and he takes phone calls. And I would like to report that I tried to get through twice. <laughs> Uh, hello, my name is Frank Nicacaro. <laughs> you know, I mean, because if you said it was you, it'd be like, click. Yeah, so basically what ended up, so I, I, I called the number twice, both times. Um, the phone rang, then went to sort of silence, but it, it, it did that thing where like, it sounds like somebody's sort of pecking at the mic on the other end. And it went, it was like that for like maybe like 10 seconds. And then the phone went, 
the, the, the phone, like the call dropped. So I think they were getting, a, they, he did talk with a couple of people. They were having some technical difficulties on the show that night where like some lines were getting crossed where he thought he was talking to somebody and it said somebody on the screen and the producer had somebody else on the line. So there, there was some uh, technical difficulties, but I, if he, if he tries it again, I will, I will try again next time. Yeah. I, I think that this is, this is uh, something we would recommend to the listeners and that is uh, one of the things I used to enjoy doing, if I had the time, was if a journalist was on Washington Journal on C-SPAN, mm-hmm. and you would try to call and, you know, Tim from Warrington has a question. I, I, I have the number right now if we want to hand it out. Sure. Yeah, so it's uh, at basically the lines. Uh, he basically says call it anytime, and, like, they'll take, you can record a message for him, and he'll. that's how he's going to take feedback about the show. He's like, he doesn't want to listen to to social media anymore because social media ain't real which kind of okay he kind of has a point um and uh, well it's not representative necessarily of public opinion yeah yeah so the number is and this is uh to get on the line it basically you call in the latter part of the 8 p.m hour and it's 1-844-968-7720 see if you were doing it it would be 1-800-FREDO <laughs> oh, I actually didn't see what I didn't go to check the to the see what it was on the uh, on the numbers to see what if, if any letters. Well, that's always a game to play. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I have occasionally gotten through on the Washington Journal line and tried to uh, try to mildly embarrass them. I, you want the question to not be a prank question like, you know, are you an idiot? I, I, I call sort of spur of thought, and I think what I'm going to end up doing is sort of putting together like a, like a document of like like serious questions about stuff maybe uh, maybe at CNN or just like sort of like the media in general and see if, if I get through and be like, hey, I have these questions about the media for you. Hey, uh, Chris, when you said that Dan Rather never expressed an opinion on television, <laughs> have you never owned a television? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's the kind of question he deserves after that stuff. Chris, do you still have the giant Q-tips? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, it, yes. It'd be like... Did uh, you leave them in your office when you, or did you pack them up with the rest of your things? He has a museum of Cuomo. You remember uh, where the, the museum... They could put it in the museum, except the museum was falling apart. Yep. But the, the way that they had... Uh, what was it? Uh, Oh, uh, Ben Jacobs glasses. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Ben I Jacobs went and saw glasses. Them. Yes. I paid what was it? The twenty four, twenty nine dollars to, to, for the entry fee, and I went and saw Ben Jacobs glasses. Yes. What was that again? Well, he it was, it was Greg it was, Gianforte. Yeah, Gianforte like bot, quote, uh, quote unquote body slammed him and broke his glasses. Well, it wasn't on video, so we're not exactly sure. He was brutalized in some fashion <laughs> for asking obnoxious questions. We never encourage. The brutalization of journalists, but we also object to journalists brutally questioning conservatives and Republicans in a very biased fashion. If that all, if you also object to that, we have an idea. Why don't you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day? Thank you, Nick. <laughs>